0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Balls Over the Top Podcast's NFL Prediction Show. A little bit of a weird one this week. Yes. Part, part two.
1: Part two. Post-Thanksgiving. Now that we're all in our, our leftover glory.
0: Full bellies, full yeah. hearts, and no idea what's going on in football. No.
1: The, uh, the NFL is probably in its worst moments. Right now, as far as the season goes, of cases.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, and here we are, perpetually at our worst moments. Yes. We're your hosts. I'm Michael Rock.
1: And I'm Brendan Collins. He's
0: Brendan Collins, exactly. You know the deal by this point. At
1: this point, you get it.
0: But we're going to jump into things. Well, before we do that, we're going to jump into some news points first. There are two games right now that are most heavily impacted by the current COVID outbreak in the NFL. Mm -hmm. The first of which has been the Baltimore versus Pittsburgh game, which, as we mentioned in our part one of this week, has just been getting passed around like the cornbread at Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just gotten started out supposed to be played Thanksgiving night. Then it got kicked over to Sunday. They were going to play with all the other games. Yeah, it
1: was going to be a 1 p.m. Sunday night football game.
0: Yep, and now it is a crazy weird... Tuesday game. Tuesday game, second one of the season in this unprecedented football season. And yet the positive cases for the Ravens just continue to pile up. Yeah. So we will keep an eye on that. We will have to... See if that game goes on as planned, but definitely newsworthy. A lot of players testing positive there, including most recently, and this was not mentioned on Thursday either, or, you know, in time for our, our Thursday show. show.
1: Yeah.
0: Lamar Jackson yes. testing positive for COVID. So we will see if he's able to play. It does not look like he will be at the moment, but if he's able to get a couple of negative tests, then... Possibly. Yeah. So, the other game. Yes. And this one's really fascinating. Because this kind of
1: came out of nowhere. Yeah. It has exploded on the scene.
0: And that is the fact that all of the quarterbacks for the Denver Broncos have been ruled out of Sunday's games. Because of potential COVID exposure.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, to lose your whole quarterback room in one go is uh, troublesome. But I'm really excited. I'm waiting for the Broncos to give me a call. I feel like Vic Fangio and I can run an offense together, can get it going. He has my number, I have sent it to his email. I think it's just Vic Fangio at yahoo dot com. So, hopefully, he just he gets back to me, but we'll just, see.
0: Just at football, <laughs> but well,
1: no, I no, I CCed it to at football at Gmail.
0: Well, and it's funny though because, you know, he's playing against a Saints team that's basically starting a utility player at quarterback with the Drew Brees injury. I mean, not trying to take away from Tayson Hill. No, he's, he's an been, athlete. He's definitely an athlete, and he can throw the football for sure, but. It's just one of those things where, like, the jury... His only
1: exposure has been as a gadget player.
0: Exactly. Like, the jury is still out as to whether or not he can actually do it, you know? And yet, here we are. (laughs) He is going to be infinitely...
1: The best quarterback. The
0: better quarterback, or the best quarterback on the field that day. It's pretty funny. Meanwhile, there's Jameis Winston just sitting there like, what do I got to do? Yeah. So... Those are two games we do not have... Um, well, we actually do have updated odds on the Pittsburgh versus Baltimore game, but we do not have any... There are no odds posted. It kind of looks like a, a lot of the sites and everything are just staying away from that Denver game, considering the just total question mark.
1: Yeah, the total that headache is it would
0: be. the Denver quarterback situation. With that in mind... Why don't we jump into the schedule for this week? Mm -hmm. We have a really interesting matchup to start things off. We have two number one overall picks facing off against each other. Cam Newton and the New England Patriots, still weird to say, facing off against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals.
1: This is an interesting matchup right now. The Cardinals are our favorites, but only by a toss-up, really, by two points. And the over-under for this game is at 48.5. Gotta tell you, I think I like the Cardinals in this one. Cam Noon just hasn't done enough to inspire me at quarterback this year. But I think we see the over of 48.5 hitting this one. These are both... This is a Cardinals team that can really spread it around. And I think see, it's possible that we could see them score 35, and I think New England could just as easily score 20. I think we could really get this over by quite a bit. What about you? How do you feel about this one?
0: See, I've been on the fence about this one. I've been going back and forth. I feel like New England really turned a page in the last few weeks. I know they lost last week. They really pissed me off. But this Arizona team's also been kind of all over the map. You know, they had that big comeback, you know, Hail Mary play, come from behind win. And then last week they just looked so lethargic.
1: So Kyler Murray's shoulder did look roughed up in that game.
0: It's true, but does that mean this is uh, a week later he's going to come back and be infinitely better against a defensive-minded head coach, Bill Belichick? You know... It's it's a tough one to pick, but I I do think I agree with you. I think I'd go with Arizona to win and to cover the spread. And... Ooh. Do we know... Have, do we have any idea what the weather is going to be like for this game? That's the only thing that has me up in the air about this over-under. But I uh, I think... I think, you know... I think I'm going to go under. I think we're going to see some defensive stops. I think one of these two offenses ends up being ineffective and laying an egg that day. I mean, by laying an egg, I don't necessarily mean a zero. I don't I don't know if if we're going to see a shutout. But I see one of these offenses struggling, and thus, that's why I see the under in this game. It's It's at New England. That's what I, I knew it was at New England. That's why I was saying, I mean, the weather could be a factor, and so... I think I'm going to go with the under.
1: All right. Well, we will definitely have to see. We also have another interesting matchup following this one with Minnesota Vikings taking on the Carolina Panthers. Minnesota Minnesota Vikings are three-point favorites, and right now the over-under is at 50.
0: Yeah, this is another weird one for me. You know, these are two NFC teams that are just kind of floating in limbo. Both of these teams have shown flashes of brilliance but then also looked like they were just totally lost and and incapable of really doing anything right. And so I feel like with that, I'm more confident in what Matt Rule's been doing and the trajectory of this Panthers team. You were going to have Teddy Bridgewater coming back they just had a very impressive twenty-eight to nothing victory. I believe it was twenty-eight nothing over Detroit last it was week. Twenty nothing. It's twenty nothing.
1: Yes, still impressive.
0: I think we're going to see this offense improve over their performance last week. Considering Teddy Bridgewater's back in the lineup, even though I know Walker was a fun story. And I think we see the Panthers win this game. I think we see the Panthers cover this game. and over or under a 50, I'm gonna go with under.
1: I hate talking about the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm gonna go with the Carolina Panthers to upset, give me the points with them. I think we could see the over in this game. Neither defense particularly excites me. Both offenses have big weapons and big play guys and can get it done. I think we see the over 50 in this one.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. By any stretch. So next game on the list is one that has... I think it's going to have a lot of people scratching their heads. We have the Cleveland Browns, who have been pretty good this year. I mean, they're, what, 7-3? Mm-hmm. Second
1: They've
0: place in their division. Second place in the division. Best record for Cleveland team in a long time.
1: Since the 80s.
0: Then we have Jacksonville. Jacksonville's one of those teams that's really been struggling this year. Two wins. One of those wins came against another team that only had one win. But Jacksonville always plays teams close, and Cleveland has a tendency to lose close games. Despite what I just said, I think Cleveland's playing well enough, and I think this is their year. I mean, again, relatively, I think it's the year they kind of finally get back in the playoffs. And so, especially with the expanded playoff options that may be available, especially if we see some of these games get canceled, but I do think this game is going to be close because Jacksonville has a tendency to hang in those games like, again, and Cleveland is a team that struggles to put people away. I go Cleveland to win Jacksonville to cover, and we're going to go with the over of forty eight and a half.
1: This is an interesting one. I don't... I think I agree with you, man. I think we see the Jaguars cover. But I think Cleveland just ekes this one out. I think we see the under 48.5 in this. Uh, I know neither defense has been particularly inspiring, but... I think at this point in the season, neither offense is going to be looking to light up the scoreboard. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, possession battle. I think it'll be a long one, but it'll be, uh, it'll be a good one to see. Following that, we have the Las Vegas Raiders facing off against the Atlanta Falcons. And the Raiders are favorites by three points. And the over/under is at fifty-three and a half. Where you at on this one?
0: Well, you know, we're talking about teams that are hard to gauge, and these two teams, I think, definitely fall right in that category. I mean, this Falcons team was an absolute mess until that te- until Arthur Blank fired Dan Quinn. It Seems like at that point they started to get their footing, and they've been. I mean, they were competitive in almost every game this year. They just had historic collapses to start off the season Mm -hmm. that led to, you know, the coach being fired and maybe a changing of the guard. On the other side of that, you have Vegas, who have looked just totally backwards some games and and like they have just no semblance of an identity on either side of the ball. And yet in other games, they come out, they play Kansas City, looking like Super Bowl contenders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Given Kansas City their only loss of the season, playing them again just this past week to just a touchdown. Yeah, I to, mean, uh, to
1: a late Patrick Mahomes touchdown drive.
0: Exactly. They've been they've been very impressive. Josh Jacobs has been that bell cow running back that he was advertised to be. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr's playing like a upper echelon NFL quarterback.
1: A top tenor.
0: Exactly. And John Gruden is calling good plays. Yeah. Because of all those things I just said, I feel like Vegas is able to overcome the slight momentum that Atlanta has been able to build. I do think Atlanta, at the end of the day, knows this is a lost season. Yes, Matt Ryan is playing for his job. Yes, guys like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are some of the best in their positions, and obviously they're going to go out there and still give their all every play and compete. But I just think right now Vegas has more tools in place, and they're working more efficiently. Mm -hmm. Their
1: system is serving them.
0: Exactly. And I think we see Vegas get this win. I think this is a, I don't want to say a statement win, but you know, this is the type of win that playoff teams get. And so I think Vegas wins and I think Vegas covers by three. I could see them not covering by three, but again, I, three points is too slim of a margin for me to be saying, oh, let me take Atlanta. Yeah. You know, I I could see this being a one touchdown game. Atlanta has a tendency to stay in games if you know i feel like i feel like vegas is one of those teams that they don't really they don't they're not world beaters they're not usually blowing teams out maybe they have one or two of those in them once in a while to mm-hmm. really blow a team out but given how run heavy their offense is controlling possession controlling the clock that kind of thing it's not going to be you know absurd because of that I think I do go with the under of fifty three and a half, given it's such a high number. I know these teams can score a lot of points. I get that, but I just think fifty three and a half. You're you're expecting both these teams to participate in a shootout, and I just don't know if that's what I see this game turning into.
1: I'm having a vision. I'm gonna call an exact score on this one. Vegas wins. Thirty to twenty-eight. I'm taking the over. I'm taking Vegas on the money line. I'm taking the Falcons with the spread. I have a I have a gut guttural feeling, and I'm I'm laying it out here. Thirty to twenty-eight. Vegas wins.
0: Alrighty, well that's, that's bold, a bold prediction, bold statement. There it is. Take it to the bank.
1: Don't take it to a bank. No, they will. That's... They will
0: charge you with fraud. Yeah, that's kind of how banks work. Yep. Well, banks sticking into our you. 1 o'clock games here, we got a few more on the docket. Here's one that really caught my eye and I'm really excited about.
1: I'm, I'm stoked about this one, too. I think this is going to be a yeah, really cool game.
0: I have this highlighted as one of my favorite matchups of the weekend.
1: It's going in, it's going in the quad box.
0: The Los Angeles Chargers are going to Buffalo to play the Bills, which... This time of year, Buffalo is not an easy place to play, especially for those West Coast teams. It's
1: not. Yeah, it's not friendly for travelers.
0: As a result, and their record, obviously, Bills are four-and-a-half-point favorites. But this is a Chargers team that I really don't think is to be taken lightly. I think Justin Herbert is establishing himself quickly as one of the electrifying young talents in the NFL. And I think this team has plenty of the tools in place from the way it was built around Philip Rivers to excel under Herbert with the added athleticism that he adds, a little bit more of the big play threat. Especially as he got older, Philip Rivers didn't really have that super deep ball ability there where Herbert can just sling it. So I, I really think that this is going to be an exciting matchup. I'm inclined...
1: You want you want to call the upset here, don't you?
0: I want to call an upset, but I'm inclined. But but you know, logic is getting the best of me. Mm. Uh, I think that my mind is telling me uh, because it doesn't.
1: It has helped you zero times before.
0: Well, that's true. Buffalo is trending to be a playoff team. Buffalo is trending, at least of now, to win that division. And so, against a team that has been struggling, I know they haven't, they've been taking big steps and they've been, you know, learning to crawl and then walk kind of this Chargers team. I just don't know if I see them showing up coming to Buffalo from the West Coast. With a rookie quarterback and getting a win against what's going to be one of the top four seeds in the conference, and so I, I love Justin Herbert. I think he's electrifying. I I'm, I am a little biased. He is on my fantasy team, and that's why you know it's part of the excitement there. But as a result, he's been one of my favorite players to watch all year, and I like to root for the guy. And as much as they have been exceeding my expectations. Uh, as far as on the field and developmentally, just watching the way that that program is kind of, you know, that team didn't have much of an identity, and people were, they drafted Herbert Six, and they're like, oh, he's going to have to sit for a year, who knows if he's even going to be the guy. Suddenly that team has an identity, and they're starting to, you know, really plant their roots. And so I'm excited about them, but I just don't think they are... At that point, yet to go to a team that's as good as Buffalo's been this year and get that win on the road. I go Buffalo to win. I go Buffalo to cover. And let's go over a 51.5 because I know that both of these quarterbacks can put up some fireworks.
1: Okay. Well, we're agreeing on this one across the board. I think the Bills just edge this one out. But I think it's because of the opposite side of the ball. I think. There's just a little bit of a better defense in Buffalo. And they're already at home. And I think...
0: And again, if it were September, I think it's a different story. But the fact that we're talking about now, essentially first week of December in Buffalo, maybe the coldest place to play in the entire league. You know.
1: Yeah, between that and New England.
0: Or Green Bay. Yeah, like... I I just... I, I think that... Herbert doesn't have that experience yet.
1: I don't... I mean, I hope kind of that we're wrong and it becomes a real shootout and it's a real high-scoring game, but I I think it's going to be tough. I don't think they have him schemed up for the mobility that the quarterback is going to need for those crazy Buffalo cold-weather games.
0: They are going to be getting Austin Eckler back, which I think will be a big boost, especially for a a game that may be very Mm run-centric.
1: For a heavy cold-weather game.
0: Another game that could be very run-centric. We have Miami versus the Jets. Divisional matchup. Unfortunately, your boy Tua doesn't look like he's playing this week with that thumb injury. It's not official yet. No. But he's looking doubtful. He's, He's
1: down to doubtful, but... My other, the prodigal son returns. Dude,
0: the beard. You can't. Nobody's gonna be mad. That that is maybe other than Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl. If I could have any backup quarterback in the league,
1: oh, I would take Fitzpatrick in a heartbeat.
0: Every day of the week, just the ultimate professional.
1: He's like a dream guest. I would love to have Fitzpatrick on this show.
0: Yeah. Right. We'll just let's just will it into existence. Just
1: pick his brain. That'd be, that'd be really fun. But we've got the Miami Dolphins facing off against the New York Jets. The New York Jets having their own return as Sam Darnold is coming back to take over that QB1 spot.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know if that's an upgrade or not. I think they're just fine, letting him ride out the season. I think if this team continues to be uh, you know on this pace, especially if they go winless, but even if they get that win, one win, odds are they're picking first in the draft, more likely than not. I see them going with a quarterback if they keep the pick. I think the Darnold experiment will be over, despite the fact that he's still younger than almost all the starting quarterbacks in the league. He just hasn't shown really anything. Yeah, there's nothing that I could sit there and hang my hat on as a if I were a coach or an exec or, or anybody with the Jets to say, okay, well, maybe this guy's got it. His first couple games he looked decent, but you know you might have broken him you might have given him too little protection too little weapons that he he might not be able to get back on track at least not with this with this system
1: yeah but we've also seen his former weapons like Robbie Anderson go down to Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater and perform spectacularly this season
0: yes but i i and by the way love our boy Robbie Anderson but I don't know if Robbie Anderson's the centerpiece. I mean, Robbie Anderson, Anderson, other than Le'Veon Bell, once he was brought there, and that was a disaster, as we now know, Mm -hmm. you know, in the rearview mirror. Robbie Anderson was the most explosive piece on that offense. Yes. And Robbie Anderson, even if he is the most explosive piece on this Panthers offense, which you could argue whether or not he is or not.
1: Yeah, versus him versus Curtis Samuel,
0: Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. You know, there's there's. It's the drop-off is a lot less C- in Christian Carolina. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah,
1: the um, drop-off drop from him to his co-workers in the, in the wide receiver and running back room, it's a lot lesser like if in Carolina If you
0: were lining up against the Jets, you could put your first or second best defender on Robbie Anderson and shut him down. You're not putting your first or second best defender on Robbie Anderson if you're playing against the Panthers. And as a result, he can really burn you. Yes. So, you know... This Jets team has been an utter disaster, and whether it's Fitzpatrick, Tua, or, you know, you name it.
1: Sam Darnold, uh, Joe Flacco, whatever.
0: Yeah, I see Miami getting the win here. I mean, Joe Flacco had that Jets team looking, honestly, somewhat inspired the last two starts. Looking and efficient,
1: I think, is like a good word for Competitive.
0: Competitive. They were in games. The games are coming down to one possession. You know, I'm almost shocked that they are going back to Darnold here because well, he's I, coming off an injury. I I know, but he's done nothing. This has this been year. your
1: you've had a weird bias on Sam Darnold where you've done this thing where you've been like, oh, he's he's benched, and it's like he's hurt. There's a it, Dude,
0: but he should be benched. He's never shown a. It's like Mitch Trubisky. It's like, you know, at this point soon almost to be Carson Wentz. It's like when they're not doing anything productive. Like, okay, you mean to tell if Carson Wentz got took a really hard hit and then was out for two weeks. And in those two weeks, Jalen, or Jalen Hurts balled out. Me saying Carson Wentz then got benched instead of hurt wouldn't be. Like, comparing the level of play, Joe Flacco balled out compared to Sam Darnold. Joe yes. Flacco, you look at the receivers' numbers, you look at the offense numbers, you look at the amount of first downs, you look at the amount of time of possession. In every aspect of the game, the Jets were better with Joe Flacco this season than they have been with Sam Darnold. So, like, the only thing that remained the same was the fact that they still have numbers in the loss column instead of the win column. So, that's why I'm leaning toward just thinking, how is he not benched? Okay. Uh, when I see Joe Flacco and they're competitive and then I see Sam Darnold and they're not, it blows my mind. People that, come
1: here for the facts, Michael, okay? All we do is talk in truth and cold hard facts of the knowledge that we know, okay? So we're when He was out with injury. He wasn't benched. It's different. I'm not saying that he he's, he's ab- absolved of ever being benched. It's not my case. My case here is that he was out with injury. He's returning. He's what they've been trying to build around. They're probably not, especially if they draft first overall. Trevor way. Lawrence is there.
0: I'll put it this way. If Joe Flacco were in this game, I'd be taking probably still the Dolphins' money line. Yes, because but, Fitzpatrick
1: but is a wonderful
0: again, quarterback. I game. said probably still the Dolphins' money line, but if it were definitely Flacco, I'd probably lean toward the Jets at plus six and a half. Why? Why? Because Flacco's had them in games. He's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. He's a guy who doesn't want to be out of the league and realizes that his chances are running out.
1: Is that Super Bowl a a decade ago at this point or not quite yet? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Okay. (laughs) Because, Because it was a long time ago, and even then, Joe Flacco was a game manager.
0: Game, oh, I, game. I agree.
1: Oh, he was the reason why they won that Super Bowl. It, no, it had nothing it to was, do with was, the with... the other eleven people that hopped on the field when he was off it. it,
0: was, and and it was Joe a lot of Rice.
1: nonsense. I I'm okay, going with the Dolphins this uh, one. Dolphins
0: across the board. Yes, and I go with the under of forty four and a half.
1: I'll take the over. Let's see some fitz magic.
0: So, yeah, why don't we move on to the next one? An interesting matchup here, another one that's just really kind of a head-scratcher. Not one really with postseason interest or, you know, long-term implication, but...
1: Well, we can't rule anything out well, that's in the That's true, not NFC. in the NFC East,
0: that's true, but we have the New York Giants playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. Giants have been playing really well of late. They seem like a team that's turned it around for the most part. You know, even starting back several weeks ago with that loss that they took against New England, where they, you know, had a chance to tie it up the at Buccaneers. the very end. Yeah, I've done that every time. I know to Tom Brady, and uh, yeah, the Buccaneers, and then you know they fought. They had the win against us. They had the win against Washington. You know, then suddenly Washington comes out, gets a big win on Thanksgiving. So now they're looking like they want to take this top spot. So you're right; the NFC East is up in the air, but. They got the really confusing Giants team playing against the Cincinnati Bengals team that just lost its pride and joy. It's, it, its entire offense for it's sure. In, maybe its entire franchise. You could argue. Joe Burrow going down last week with a torn ACL and MCL and knee structural damage. Yeah, out for the season. Plus, I mean, this could be a really this could be career threatening. And so this is a Bengals team that's just kind of just got sucker punched in the gut. Giants
1: come into this one favorites by 5.5 points, and right now the over-under is at 44.5.
0: Yeah, I think we go with the Giants to win. I think we go Giants to cover, and I think we go under 44.5. I shouldn't say we. I'm speaking for myself here. I'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are, but I think with Ryan Finley or whomever... Cincinnati ends up starting at quarterback. They're going to be relatively ineffective. And I think although the Giants haven't been very impressive, I think they will. They have been consistently improving, and I think they will pounce on this vulnerable Cincinnati team, getting the win, but not necessarily dominantly, and that's why I think we see the under on that over-under.
1: I'm, I'm right there with you. It's a, cold, it's a cold Sunday in Cincinnati. It's going to be a little bit of a slog. Not a team really has too much of a run game to speak of at the moment.
0: Yeah, so it's really just going to be. Uh, going to come down to the quarterbacks, and although he won't hear this often.
1: Daniel Dimes,
0: Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones ends up being the better winning this quarterback matchup. The last of the one o'clock games is one that I you could argue, maybe the most intrigue out of all of them. I know we were really hyping up that Chargers-Bills game, but this is another AFC matchup with two teams that are competing for first place in their division. Two teams that have postseason aspirations, whether it's through their division or through wildcard. Yes. We have Tennessee going to Indianapolis to play the Indianapolis Colts. Colts defense is still number one in the league. Phillip Rivers has kind of revitalized that team that hasn't really had a steady quarterback since Andrew Luck. And even though Philip Rivers hasn't really been playing that great, just He's been improving week to week. He has been, but even then, his his you know, even his six and a half, seven out of ten quarterback play is a major step up from the inconsistency they've had and the revolving door since Andrew Luck abruptly retired, and the injuries he was dealing with the previous few seasons. Mike Vrabel, on the other hand, has really turned this Tennessee team around, a team that was kind of floating around in nowhere after picking Marcus Mariota second in the draft and having that really not work out too well. Vrabel's come in and totally reformed that defense and then brought in Ryan Tannehill and... Derrick Henry really came into his own and blossomed and suddenly there's a very formidable team on that side, you know. Who would have thunk it that getting really good at running the ball and having a stout defense would be a formula for success in the NFL?
1: Never saw it coming.
0: So, we have, you know, an unstoppable force and an immovable object. We have we have a Colts offense that can definitely put up points, but when they go up against top-tier defenses, which you would, I would argue this Tennessee defense would qualify as a top-tier defense.
1: They definitely have the ceiling for it.
0: They sometimes hit a wall and sputter on the other end of things. We have a Tennessee offense that's really built around running the ball and controlling the clock, and we have a Colts run defense that is historically good. So, I think this is going to be an exciting one to watch. The Colts, being the home team, and the team with a slightly better record right now, are given that three-point edge. They are the three-point favorites. And our over-under is is sitting at a a 51.5. I tell you, I'm leaning toward Frank Reich here.
1: I don't like betting against Frank Reich. I'll tell
0: you that. I'm leaning toward Frank Reich and the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know they're going to be without Jonathan Taylor, who has really helped stabilize that backfield since the Marlon Mack injury. But I still think, especially the way that they haven't relied on him of late with like Naeem Hines really stepping up and some other players on the offense really carrying a bigger load there. I think we see Indianapolis weather that storm. I still think we see their defense continue to dominate, and I think they slip away with this win. I think they cover that three-point spread. and The 51.5, it's a little high, but you know what? I'm going for it. I think we see that over get hit. I know this Colts defense is dominant, but the Titans offense has enough weapons that they're probably going to score some points, and like I said... Colts offense always tends to score some points as well. Going over, 51 and a half. So I'm going Colts across the board and the over. How about you?
1: Well, we've seen this matchup once before already this season. We've seen the Colts-Titans play. And that game was very, very close for a long portion. I would say three-quarters of it were very close. But a, a special teams mistake, two special teams mistakes really threw it in the favor of the Colts. But in this one, the Colts are home. They don't have to travel. I'm picking the Colts money line and against the spread. And I think I'm going to agree with you too. I think I'm going to go with the over in this one. We saw it hit last time. These are two teams that have pretty dynamic offenses and defenses that are both capable of Generating short fields, I think we see the over 51 and a half.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully, I, th- I think it's going to be a good game no matter what. So we should definitely circle that one. Moving into the four o'clock games. We have just a couple of four o'clock games this week. Again, given the weird schedule, uh, you know, I actually do think. Uh, The Saints versus Broncos game will be at 4 o'clock tomorrow, so that's also another reason why it seems light. But we only got two right now on the docket. First one, a divisional matchup in the NFC West. San Francisco 49ers are traveling to Los Angeles to their interstate rival to face the Los Angeles Rams. Rams right now the hotter of the two teams, but... Neither one of these teams has really been playing all that great of late. Right now, they find them both of them find themselves looking up at Seattle and Arizona. I gotta say, though, I think I like the Rams in this game just to win. It is a six-point spread, so I'm a little bit still on the fence about whether or not I think San Francisco can cover. Especially considering I know they're getting Richard Sherman a couple other a couple of other pieces to that team back, but all in all, I think l a especially they when they're firing on all cylinders, I know last week they had a huge week cooper cup Robert woods Darrell Henderson oh, that Jared made Goff. Me so nervous yeah it was a close one for you in fantasy there but I you know just in general it seemed like that offense kind of got their got into rhythm, and I think they're going to continue that against this Niners defense. Maybe Richard Sherman can make a couple of plays, but hes I feel like he's going to be a little rusty having missed several weeks coming off IR now. So I go Rams to win. I'm going to go Rams to cover as well. And at 44.5, that just seems a little bit too low for me, so I am going to probably go with the over there, even though I can't necessarily point to either of these offenses and say, oh, I think they're going to explode. I think they're going to really go off and pull this point total up. That 44.5 number just looked a little bit too appetizing for me, so I'm going to go with you over there.
1: I think I'm going to take the Rams money line because I think it just boils down to the fact that the Rams are a slightly better team. But I think we see the under in this one. I think it's really close. And I think the 49ers are going to cover. I think I see it being a very low-scoring, less flash game. I don't think we're going to see the Rams come out and replicate their performance last week. I don't think we're going to see this 49ers team explode. Think we see a, a pretty, pretty close, low-scoring affair in this one, um, with that under forty-four and a half.
0: Yeah, we'll see. It's definitely gonna, definitely a possibility there. Like I said, I just I got a little mesmerized by that number. The other prime time four o'clock game. This one's kicking off at four twenty-five. Is another one that honestly should be a pretty exciting game. We have Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs traveling down to Florida to take on Tom Brady and Bruce Bruce Arians Arians. and that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team.
1: said Bruce Arians.
0: You did say Bruce Arians. Wow. You threw me off there, too. It's
1: it's It's definitely Bruce Arians. It's another old, fat coach.
0: I got to say, I know Tom Brady's been playing well. Actually, he really hasn't. But, you know, I know that Buccaneers team has been playing well. They do have a lot of weapons. The addition of Antonio Brown, Mike Evans being healthy again, Godwin being back. You have the one-two punch with Fournette and uh, Ronald Jones. Gronk actually making some plays. Showed up about halfway through the season, it seems like. But the Super Bowl pedigree right now, just the amount of momentum – the creativity, the innovation, the explosiveness that is that is, that Kansas City Chiefs team, I think is going to be too much for Bruce Arians and that Tampa Bay team to handle. We saw how they got absolutely whooped twice this year by the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. and Sean Payton. This Chiefs offense is, is like that. Saints offense on steroids. Yeah, it's like, an, all, more weapons. It's like
1: an all-star team.
0: Exactly. Right, there are more weapons. Offense. The quarterback is as if you combine Taysun Hill and Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just I think, going to be too much for Tampa to handle. So I, I'm, I'm going. I think this is actually the, the spread of money line is pretty easy to me. Kansas City, I, I think I go across the board. Over under though fifty six and a half. Well, that seems high. Think about the two teams that are playing here. I know this Tampa team when they kind of get kicked in the mouth, they'll collapse. They'll collapse and maybe they're not scoring big points. But,
1: but Kansas City's defense isn't that good. It
0: is porous, exactly, and so that's why I think I'm going to go with the over a fifty six and a half. It's a little higher than I would like, but. I think we have the offensive firepower in this game to see that come to fruition.
1: We can lock this one in. I'm with you. I think this Kansas City Chiefs team just has more gas. And also with the addition of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to this offense, they have a run game, too. And they can beat you in the ground, beat you in the air. God help you if... They get their play action going. It's a tall order, and I just don't think the Buccaneers are quite up to it. Kansas City Chiefs' money line spread, and I think we see the over of 56 in this one because we could easily see this Chiefs team put up possibly 50 points, especially if they get to kick in, in the mouth early on.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not out of the question. A couple more games on the docket. We go into the Sunday night football matchup this week. Another divisional one. Another game I'm honestly pretty excited about, but I don't really think it's going to be all that close. No. Chicago traveling to the tundra, to Green Bay. To Lambeau. Take on the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Spread is pretty big in this one, but I would expect it. Mitch Trubisky's coming back. Eight and a half points. Packers minus 8.5, Chicago plus 8.5. And the spread is a very low, 44. I'm inclined here to say Packers across the board and the over. That's just my gut reaction. Now, when I then kind of try and dissect a little bit more, I think, well, Bears were actually looking pretty decent with Mitch Trubisky. I know the offense wasn't, but the team was it's a divisional matchup. Bears are a little hungry right now. They kind of need this win. If they want to stay competitive in the division, they're in no man's land. I think they're 5-5. Five and five. But at the same time, this team is just... I think it's the leadership. When I look at the talent on that Chicago Bears team, I think they should be a playoff team. Yes, they need a quarterback whisperer to figure out what they're doing there. The answer might be Mitch. The answer might be Foles. They need somebody there who can figure it out. The way that the coaches were able to accommodate and, you know, lift up our quarterbacks the year we won the Super Bowl, you know, that Frank Reich factor. Mm -hmm. But then I realized it's Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy's the problem, I think. I think Matt Nagy's what prevents this team from being really good. I think it's the it's the Jeff Fisher effect. It's what he did in St. Louis. The you know? seven and nines. Yeah, it's the it's Matt Nagy's gonna keep this team. Doesn't matter how many all pro linebackers you get, you can have Khalil Mack, you can have Raquan Smith, doesn't matter how many weapons you're trying to get for the outside, whether you're drafting receivers early, whether you're drafting them late, whether you're drafting running backs early, whether it's David Montgomery, who Tariq Cohen. Whether, it's, just, it's just Matt Nagy. Whether it's your field goal kicker hitting two posts. I, I think under Matt Nagy, that team goes nowhere. And as a result, that is why I don't have faith in them winning this game on Sunday night against a superior Green Bay Packers team. Because good football coaches are what help, I think, one of the largest reasons why bad football teams beat good football teams. Or less talented football teams beat more talented football teams. is the coaching and the game plan. And then it comes down to player execution. Matt Nagy, I don't have faith in his coaching or game plan. So I'm going Packers to win. I'm going Packers to cover. Even though that 8.5 points is a fat spread for a primetime divisional matchup. Over under 44, ooh, that's right down there. again, remember I said 44.5 I liked earlier. This 44 number, especially with Aaron Rodgers on the field. And, yeah, you know what, with Aaron Rodgers and Mitch Trubisky, I'm going to go over gonna go over because even though Mitch Trubisky's a turnover machine, you know what turnovers lead to? Short fields. They lead to short fields for Aaron Rodgers. They lead, or they lead directly to points the way that Mitch does them. Packers win. Packers cover over 44. Okay. Well,
1: I think you're right. I think Matt is a much better coach than Matt Nagy. The Battle of the Mats. LaFleur has it. I would actually say LaFleur is ceiling. I'm going Green Bay Packers to win. Green Bay Packers to cover. And I hope to God we see the over 44 in this one hit. But that can take us to Monday. Because we have to talk about it.
0: Because that's the day before the Tuesday game. No, um... Yeah, we do have to talk about the uh calling it a game even seems generous. The matchup
1: There's a sanctioned NFL
0: competition yes. on Monday featuring the Eagles who at this point I, I don't know if they I don't know if they could beat an egg. I mean they're just they're just a mess on all fronts. And give us nothing to hang our hat on. Nothing to at least say, oh, well, you know, we can build on that. Nothing. Playing against the Seattle Seahawks, who are, you know, playoff bound and have a MVP, leading MVP candidate at quarterback. You know, that team.
1: Wait, Michael, breaking news. Jordan Mailata is playing left tackle and <laughs> removing Jason Peters to... Right guard. It's all fixed.
0: Uh, Everything's going to be fine. We'll we'll get that back.
1: It'll be great. I'm so ready for it.
0: But, yeah, I mean, this game looks really rough. It's five-and-a-half point spread, which I think is incredibly generous. Yeah. And I'm shocked it's not eight-and-a-half, nine points. I mean, the fact that the Bears, who are five-and-five, are giving 8.5 points against their division rivals and yet we're only given 5.5 against Seattle is just shocking to me. But I digress. Seattle's 5.5 point favorites over under a 49. I think we go under because I think if the Eagles have any chance of winning this game, they need to hold Russell Wilson in check.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I never trust our offense to be efficient and score a lot of points. So,
1: even I, though the Seahawks defense has been abnormally oh, it's been it's been abnormally
0: bad. bad, and we'll we'll probably get a lot more yards, and we might have a couple more nice plays than we normally do. But overall, I mean, dude, you're talking we're talking about a team that like I think the number is over the last two weeks were a combined like one for twenty seven on third downs or something ridiculous. Yeah, you know what I mean, like I. I don't care how bad the Seattle defense is. Uh, what, so then maybe we'll look like an average NFL offense as opposed to a terrible NFL offense? Like
1: That'd be nice.
0: Yeah, it would be. But I just see this going as an under and the over-under. As much as I wish I could give us a, the win or the cover, I, I don't see it. I'm going Seattle to win. I'm going Seattle to cover. I'm going under of 49 points. I think we're just going to be underwhelmed from start to finish.
1: Yeah, I think this game is what's going to introduce some very serious questions. I wonder if Jeff Lurie feels like the season is lost as much as we kind of do here. I'm picking the Seahawks against the spread and money line. I do think we see the over hit. But I think it's just because we wind up seeing turnovers and fast points and it gets blown open pretty early on. We do have a Tuesday game to talk about, at least we think we do, in the Baltimore Ravens facing off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This Ravens team has hit its struggles, not only with COVID but also with their current run of form dropping a couple games recently. Steelers, on the other hand, have been perfect so far. Even though they've had to squeak out wins against what could be considered bottom feeder teams. Right now, Steelers are favorites by 7 points, and there is no over-under because RG3 is starting at quarterback, and who knows who's starting at running back.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now that entire game is still up in the air. I mean, there are reports coming out. I saw tweets from, like, NFL sources tonight saying more players are going to be added to the Ravens' COVID list tomorrow. So that means even more positive tests are still coming in. Who knows even if RG3 is going to be the quarterback come Tuesday. Between what's going on with the Broncos and the fact that the NFL is risking that being a total embarrassment. And now what's going on with this Ravens game? I'm shocked that these games are being played in the first place. And I think it's crazy that they're just going to count like normal and there's no asterisks or anything. I mean, it seems really almost unfair. I'm, I'm shocked that the NFL didn't have better contingency plans put in place for this. They had months to prepare. This pandemic has been going on since March. Their season didn't kick off until September. They had a half a year to figure out what they were going to do if players tested positive leading up to games, and it seems like their best solution is, well, we'll just have those players sit out. It's it's really disheartening, and for a team like Baltimore that's fighting for its playoff life right now, uh, it couldn't come at a worse time, and, and I would take real issue with it that being said i think i have to go at the moment at least pittsburgh to win and pittsburgh to cover just given the lack of information we have and and the lack of continuity and fluidity that this defense is going to or that this ravens team in general is going to have playing against an undefeated steelers team it just seems to me like the writing is on the wall here i would love to see the ravens get a win i love the whole thing they got going on and, and the offense that they're running down there and everything like that, but with all the variables that are still unknown and with pretty much or with virtually every single thing happening so far, exclusively putting Baltimore at a disadvantage, uh, considering Pittsburgh was already undefeated, I just, I, I can't. With any form of confidence, be saying, "Oh yeah, let's give Baltimore a shot here." Yeah. So that's all I got for you there, and that's all we got this week.
1: Oh, well, hey, let me let me give my thoughts on oh, the game.
0: I, my bad, I thought you let in with him.
1: I don't think it happens. Okay, and that wraps it up this week for the balls over the top. Fox. I don't. No, you, I genuinely don't, don't think, think the game it, happens. I don't think it happens. I don't. I don't know how it does. I mean, with more positive tests trickling out and how long the exposure window possibly could be, I don't see a way that player safety allows this game to happen.
0: I mean, and I know
1: player safety is a joke in the NFL to begin with, but with, with this fire, I just don't see how they can do it. You have... It's not like it's just like one cell of players that are dealing with an infection. It's throughout the team. It's already hit double digits. It's only going to get to more. Yeah,
0: I, and and we did see them cancel games in the past, but at the same time, they did force the the you know Patriots to play without Cam Newton, and they they forced other shells of teams to come out. Hell, they're going to make the Broncos play tomorrow without any quarterbacks. Right, and so I get you.
1: I just think this number is too great. Right. I think if I think if it's getting to the point where it's more if it's like 26 players that's half your roster.
0: Oh, I I dude, I'm not advocating they should play it. I'm just saying uh, I don't know how you can demand a team like the Broncos play without any quarterbacks and I understand you're going sheer numbers and again 50% of the team. I I mean and i'm just saying uh, just, as far
1: as a safety thing at that point because how many then of the the remain the survivors remaining players, as we'll call could it, just
0: be asymptomatic t- carriers exactly yeah i mean there's all sorts of variables that go into it but i don't know i think they're money hungry and i i still don't think they have any other plan b here so we're just going to have to wait and see I, I mean is it a thing where you demand baltimore forfeit, forfeit?
1: it's i that it, it this could be the one that it actually comes about
0: So we'll we'll see how that goes. Definitely a major question mark there. But like I said, I mean I I think if it does get played, I don't think I I don't see an avenue where Baltimore wins it. No. At least right now.
1: I'm yeah. I I think it's more likely that this game doesn't get played than Baltimore wins for sure. And I think it it's only slightly more likely that
0: This game doesn't get played, then Pittsburgh wins. Pittsburgh wins. Yes, correct. Well, guys, we appreciate you listening, stopping by, hearing what we have to say, and hopefully we have a good batch of games this weekend. Yeah. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, and we are thankful for you and the support that you guys give us, and we're looking forward to being more involved and hearing more about what you guys have to say. On that note, we're now available to take phone calls on the show, as you saw us just a few days ago, demonstrating with Tyler, and, and, and when Tyler it called popped in. by, we can host anybody that way. And so we would love to hear your feedback, and we we'll just have you on to chat for a bit or any of the above. We also still have stickers available, two-and-a-half-inch balls-over-the-top podcast logo stickers. They're great for really anything, water bottle, laptop, bumper, you name it. If you want to represent the podcast, represent the the team here. Yeah, we'll happily send one of those your way, and you can find us pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Yeah, you know that as you're listening to us. But in case you needed a reminder, it's on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You yes. know the whole shebang.
1: And. You can always find us on Twitter and Instagram at B-O-T-T Podcast. And you can always reach out to us there.
0: Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you in just two days on Monday. Quick turnaround. For lots of updates. Some crazy, crazy sports news all over the map. Looking forward to talking to you guys then.
1: Yeah. Talk to you guys later.
0: Cheers.